Blog Talk Radio. FT Sports Podcast, yeah! May 24th, 2018. C. Davis, B. Ellis, A. A. Ron, TV. Ellis has the night off on the other side of the country. Shout out to my man's 10 years in the bond, his paternity. Congratulations, Ellis. Enjoy your celebration. 646-668-2182 is the number. FT Sports Podcast, if this is going to be your first time calling in tonight, um, you might want to really squeeze the cheeks. Hold on to the seat, something, because um, it could get it can get heated. Very pointed, candid discussion at the top of the show tonight. Um, I'm not going to even sugarcoat it. Uh, what's going on in the NFL and what um, – okay, I don't even know where to start because it's taken so many different turns here. And we'll try to keep you up to date, but we're going to talk a little bit about the NFL on and off the field. We'll start on – Slash off the field, obviously, with the protests. Um, and then we're talking a little Aaron Rodgers because he gave a conference the other day and he mentioned, yeah, he, he, we'll talk a little bit about Aaron Rodgers. And then the NBA, of course, is a toss up. Cleveland, two games remaining. Can they get it done? Golden State, they play tonight in Houston. So we'll have that game on in the background. And we're just going to have a good time tonight. So 646 668 2182 is the number. McGriff, what's good, my friend? going on, brother? Man, you Happy dodged Thursday one too. today. Happy Thursday, man. You dodged one. It, you know, I don't know what's going on, man, but um, did you come home and you saw that on the floor, or you were in the house and you heard it and then you saw Like, what What was that? Nah, man. So, for everybody that doesn't know what Chris is talking about, I have this, like, really dope entertainment center that's, like, dope. part of it's on the ground, part of it's standing up, and then the uh, last part is mounted above my TV. With a dope um, backdrop. And, yeah, with a dope back, dope backdrop. And I came home, and part of the piece that was hanging up above the TV was on the floor. So, uh, of course, the first thing I did was uh, clench my butt cheeks real quick and uh, <laughs> turn on the TV to see if uh, – it hit the TV on its way down, and if my glorious TV was uh, was broken, thank God it was not. Uh, and then my laptop was actually inside of the piece that fell, and it was okay as well. Uh, shout out wow. to Sony, and shout out to uh, to Apple for uh, making some great products. Um, wow. But yeah, uh, my house is definitely haunted. Um, I'm in the <laughs> process of selling my house. And ever since, ever since I made the decision to sell my house, uh, random things have been happening. And uh, my house is definitely rebelling against me selling it. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, um, this is next step. I mean, that thing was hanging up there for three years and uh, no issues. But hey, no issues. I have a – yeah, now, now that I have somebody that actually wants to buy my house, uh, it decides to jump off the wall. So, uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's a way it's, – it's saying don't leave me. It's like, you know what I'm saying? It's like that relationship that just was right, but just doesn't feel right. And you're like, you know, it's not you, it's me. You know, hopefully, you know, we can figure things out. We can be friends, but, you know, I'm sorry. That's yeah. what's happening to you, man. That's probably what's happening right now. 
Contract's already signed, so uh, yeah, oh. I got a few. I got a few weeks to get out of here. Well, get all of that <laughs> off the wall. Get get all of that off the wall. Man. Come on, bring it on down because uh, yeah, yeah, that that actually stopped me in my tracks when I saw that, and I took a deep gas. I'm like, dog, because if the TV would have went down too, yeah, I probably Damn. wouldn't be on the show tonight. I'd be somewhere yeah, yeah. in a feudal yeah. position. <laughs> I got a spare one for you though, man. I got a couple Sony's laying around here, so I, I got I got you on a spare. Um, you know what what happened to you is the least of concerns and concerns to what's happening in the NFL, McGriff. And I I got to get people caught up to speed. And I snapped earlier on Frat House Sports. You catch them every every Thursday, seven to nine, before we come on right here on Blog Talk Radio. And I, I honestly snapped, and I took this stance, McGriff. First of all, I'm going to tell you right now, and I hope you understand where I'll come from with this. I don't disagree with the NFL coming out and saying that they want to put a policy in play. That's not what I disagree with because what I feel is that from a business standpoint, only from a business standpoint, I'm only going to look at it from that standpoint for right now, from a business standpoint, if the bottom line is hurting, the job of the commissioner is to try to figure out how to maintain the bottom line. So to put a policy in play where you either say they can stay in the locker room I, I honestly believe they should have just said all the players stay in the locker room, not just select it, because as they come out on the field, they're going to get ostracized even worse, in my opinion. So I agree that something should have been in play. I agree something should have been in play. Maybe not this policy, but something. I agree with that. What I don't agree with is the narrative, where last year he comes out and says, we agree and we support our players, you know, you know the fans and blah, 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 blah. You know, we're trying to understand where they're coming from and we're going to have this dialogue and blah, 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 blah. It sounded real good. And then you come out and say they will not disrespect the flag. They will not do this. They will not do that. That's contradicting everything that you said last year. And then spinning in the face of those as if we wasn't paying attention. See, we're socially aware, Roger Goodell. So we heard you when you were saying all this blase split. And then all of a sudden... You change the narrative on us. Okay, that's where my problem comes in. So as all of this happens, McGriff, owners come out now today and say, no, we don't support that. The question was asked, would we be in support of possibly trying out the policy? And owners were unanimously agreeing. Raiders owner did not agree with it. The Jets owner has come out publicly and said that if, the NFL finds any of their players, we will pay for that. So I feel like the NFL then shot themselves in the foot multiple times. They've, they've dropped the ball multiple times. I, I caught everybody up to speed, McGriff. You said you obviously disagreed with everything that they talked about. The floor is yours. What is, what's your take? So many different directions I can go with this, and I'm trying to figure out which one would be the most appropriate and have the least amount of curse words in it. Uh, yeah, man, it's like, it's like, man, I, I I hate to go to go this route with it, but it's like you know when you're a kid and you think your dad is like the best person in the world, and then you grow up, you're like, man, he really ain't shit. But uh, yeah, man. It's, <laughs> <laughs> I love the game of football. <laughs> I have loved the game of football ever since I was a small child. Right. Yep. But the older I get, 
the harder it is to want to support the NFL. How tone deaf can tone deaf. you be? Speak about it. Seriously. Speak about Seriously. it. Seriously. Like, do you know the origin story of why the anthem is even played at sporting events? Educate. I'm not going to go into it. I'm not going to go into it. Google it. No. Google it. Google it. Because I, I, I know the gist, but I can't give you actual factuals right now. Okay. But pretty okay. much. Sure. Uh, pretty much, uh, one of the, the first ladies at the time of whoever was president said that there needed to be more shows of patriotism. So the uh, national anthem started being played, and then the military got 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 caught wind of it, and they started wanting to have the jets fly over, and um, they actually pay the NFL to have these demonstrations of paid for patriotism, um, and yeah, and it, it's just blossomed from there. And what really really ticked me off the most about this whole um, policy change is the fact that the powers that be, the voices up there that, mat- that not matter, but the loudest voices out there are, have tainted this whole movement so far. It's like yeah. we tell you why we feel the way we do, why we're doing the things we're doing, why we're protesting the way we are, and you say, okay, I hear you, but I don't give two shits about what you're saying. This is yeah. why you're doing it, you know? Mm-hmm. And that, that's, that's what really ticks me off, you know what I'm saying? It, it changes the whole message, and mm-hmm. it, 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 it's crazy. Like, you can go anywhere. You can watch any news station, uh, be you liberal, be you conservative, whatever, and everybody's talking about their uh, – which one is the free speech? Is that First Amendment? Second Amendment, whatever which amendment it is, um, the free it's one speech, of them, right? It's one of them. Um, <laughs> the free speech, but yet you feel if people are getting paid to play a sport, they shouldn't have it. Um, and it goes back to the whole shut up and dribble thing. It's like you are here for our entertainment. You're not supposed to have a voice. You get paid enough for you not to complain. So shut up and do your job. You know, and yeah. it's. It, it's it's crazy that it is 2018. Depending on your beliefs, humans have been on this planet for, depending on your beliefs, at least 2018 years. I'm not going to go into that whole that whole. The world thing. is flat, by but, the way. The world is flat. Yeah, I'm not even I'm not even going to go there because I <laughs> talk about that all day. But we've been on this planet for a very 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 long time, and for some strange reason. We think that these arbitrary and artificial boundaries that people have drawn on maps define who we are as people. For some strange reason, we can't all agree that we are all the same species. We are all humans. We all bleed the same blood. Every border that exists on this planet is artificial. If you see a a, a cloud in Michigan, it is not going to stop at the Canadian border and ask permission to enter the country. Yep. Like, I, I'm, I'm absolutely positive. When we go to Maine, <laughs> it was raining in Michigan, and when we yeah. crossed the border, it was still no raining discrimination with in the weather. Canada. There was, there was no, no discrimination, discrimination in the weather. What? God, I was stupid. No, ever. I was stupid. Like, we need to... I, 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 I probably will never see it in my lifetime, but like... Oh, I, it's just it's just unfathomable to me that in all these centuries of human existence, we can't figure out how to get along with each other. We can't figure out how to respect each other. We can't figure out how to realize that we are all the same. 
like so many so much good can be accomplished if we work together and we don't let the geography of our birth or the geography that we live in right now define who we are as people. True I'm that. getting off topic. I'm no, no, off. you're right. No, you I think I think you're on topic because you know, as we bring TV in, good evening, TV. Hey, what's going on, gentlemen? Not much, man. Not much. Uh, I think you came in at a at a unique time because we're, we're addressing the NFL uh, and their decision yesterday, um, which was interesting. And you took a stance last year, so I think this is a, a perfect time to get your take on this as well. But McGriff, I think you're on point because not only are we forgetting what the protest was about. But what the NFL did in showcase was how tone deaf we are to everything. It's everything. Like we just don't pay attention. Um, I sent you guys a, a link earlier today about uh, Jack. I believe his name is Jack Johnson. I, honestly, I'm going to be honest with you. I had no idea of who he was until I read that and TV followed up why it takes so long. Again, this is how tone deaf the United States is currently. Y'all going to act like dropping this article about, you know, the first African-American heavyweight, WBA heavyweight, finally gets pardoned by the president that happens to say all the wrong things and is always racially driven. And we just go just forget about what he just said about the national anthem, how we should take that stance, how he agrees with it, how if you disagree with it, you should just get out of the country. We don't forget all of that stuff because he pardoned a, a gentleman who passed away in a car accident and was the first African-American WBA heavyweight champion in boxing. Like, we're just going to forget that happened. That's how tone deaf this place is. It's, it's, so it's so crazy, TV. But we're talking about the National Anthem and Roger Goodell. And I went off on a tangent earlier, and I said that, you know, the NFL, they just don't get it. It's Roger Goodell. It's the 32 owners. But an owner, ironically, the, the New York Jets, he comes out and says, hey, we don't agree with that. And if you get fined by the NFL, we'll pay that fine happily. And I feel as though Roger Goodell absolutely just dropped the ball. I agree that there needed to be a policy in play so we could focus on football and not the national anthem. Stay in the locker room. I don't agree with the current one that they talked about. I agree that maybe they should just go back to doing the anthem when they're all in the locker room. But my God, with all of this stuff that just happened within 24 hours, TV, what's your take, man? One minute, all 32 owners unanimously agree on it. The next, no, we don't. So where do you stand with this? Man, I, I, it's, 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 it's a done deal, man. Um, and I say that meaning these athletes aren't going to do anything. They're going to they're gonna, they're gonna play their role and go along. And for so long, we expect these athletes to take a stand and do something. And it's only a handful that's willing to do that. And we've seen what happened when one in particular, as a Colin Kaepernick, did that, and now he's, you know, he's pretty much ostracized from the league. And for these owners to agree, I think I think the owner of the San Francisco Jet was a Jet York, so I think he was the only one that didn't vote. So yeah, I think it was Oakland. Understandable. Well, Oakland, I think it was the Oakland, yeah. San Francisco. It was, it was one of those, but. Yeah. It just shows you these owners don't care. I mean, it's about it's about their money, and when yeah. you disrupt their money, it's a problem. Mm-hmm. And as Bob McNair said, and he meant it, 
you can't let the inmates run the prison. <laughs> he know what he was saying. Yeah. And it, it, I, it, 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 I just shake my head like, when this came out, I, I wasn't surprised, man. I wasn't surprised about this. But it, and it's it, it's just it just shows you that you know what anytime and I'm gonna say this anytime a black athlete takes a stand to support another black athlete, it's a problem. It's frowned upon. But if a white athlete takes a knee and says, you know, I'm taking a knee or I'm doing something I'm remembrance of my dad who served or, you know, somebody else that's white, it's it's smiled upon, it's accepted, you know, it's applauded. But anytime as black people we do stuff for each other, it's like, well, why can't you include why can't you include everybody? But then when the majority does it, they don't include us. So it's like it's like damn, like you can't win, man. And I can't win. I just, I just think, it, I think it's really time that we just, as a people, we just have, we just form our own damn league. <laughs> we just need to form our own damn league. XFL? Like seriously, whatever, whatever the case may be. I mean, I mean, you gotta, I mean, you gotta start somewhere. Hell, I mean, hell, if the, the Negro leagues managed to have their own league until you know the colonizers came in and disrupted that. So we need to we need to form our own we need to form our own football league, man. And then, and then lastly, you had people like Mark Ford saying, "Well, I don't want you to protest, but you pick right. out you you pick you pick out the uh, 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 foundation that you support, and I'll fund it or I'll support it. So you so now you so now you trying to buy my you trying to buy my rights? Like, come on, right? I wish and I knew Jack the Johnson, yeah. Go ahead. I was gonna say, and then it's Jack Johnson pardon. Yeah, I, I asked a question in general. I was like, why now? And, you know, and, and for people that, that that's not aware of who Jack Johnson is, I'll just try to summarize it as best I can. Jack Johnson was the second black or second African American to not only fight for the heavyweight championship in boxing, but he was the first to win. And when he won, it was at a time where you know, hey man, blacks were not only just getting abused, but they were getting mutilated, lynched, however you want to put it, during the early 1900s. So, this man not only whipped on Jeffries and, and Burns, all these, all these quote unquote great white hopes, or whatever, but he was also taking their women, <laughs> and that was definitely looked at as a death sentence when you date outside your race during that time. So they couldn't stop Jack Johnson the ring. Instead, that's when they came up with this thing called the Manac Law. Basically saying, hey, you can't bring a woman from one state over to another state, you know, over state lines. But that Man Act was actually created to bring down Jack Johnson. So all of a sudden, over over a hundred years later, now you're now we're talking now you're talking about pardon pardon Jack Johnson. People that's fine and dandy. Don't let that distract you from what's really going on. And I'll leave it at that. Yeah, no, that's real. That That's real. I I just put a text out there. I said, TV with the education lesson. Like, yeah, I, I I sat back and just, I had to listen to everything that you just got done saying. And both of you guys have absolute valid points. I'm not even going to play devil, devil's advocate. There's no, even, no point in doing that right here. I, I'll, I'll say this because I want to bring somebody in 
Um, and I want to try to transition over to uh, sort of on the field, but off the field as well with a team that's within the division, because something had happened and I want to get you guys taken on it. But I, I'll say this, gentlemen, again, I don't disagree from this standpoint that I think we all agree on this. The NFL is about money. This is, this is about money. This is protecting the brand and the brand is money. I think it was two years ago, McGriff, you said that it's ironic that the NFL cares so much about the military when they actually charge the military to do anything and everything, including the, you know, the flag and the national anthem and the branding of for the weekend and all that. I didn't even know that until you said it like that was so interesting. So mm-hmm. it's all about the money grab for the NFL. Roger Goodell, what he did was spit in the face of those who support this brand that watches. I, I was honestly looking forward to going to a couple of games this season. I don't want to go to them. I'm not going to sit back and say that I'm not going to stop watching because I, I can't do that. I haven't got that far yet. But what he did today was absolutely, as McGriff said, I love this sport my entire life. I could, we could talk X's and O's about football. I love the game of football. I love the game of football. What he did was break my heart and the love for that game. I can't support I – can't, I can't even go to that game – and, and my right conscience knowing that they don't give a damn about the players, about any cause that they support. And I don't have the answer about kneeling. I don't have the answer at all. But there was one sponsor, and I'll, I'll leave their name anonymous, that came out also today and said, bottom line, we will support anybody who gets fined by the NFL if they get fined for the national anthem. So sponsors are saying something that owners are not. And I applaud the NBA because the NBA got in front of it and they took it straight on and said, Hey, this is what we do. This is our rules and this and that. This was instituted beforehand. They, they, they said everything. And this is what we're going to do with domestic violence. The NFL has dropped the ball with this. They've dropped the ball with fans. They dropped the ball. Why, why continue to support this brand? I, I, I it's hard fellas. I, I'm just being honest, man. I don't know about you guys, but I, TV, you said that, you know, you're not surprised, but I'll be honest, man. I, I am surprised because just last year, you wasn't saying that. This year, you come out and literally say, we will not disrespect the flag. We will honor the flag. We'll honor this and honor that. And last year, that's not what you were saying at all. When it's, you, you said I wasn't, you saying I wasn't saying that or the... No, no, I'm saying what, no, I'm saying what, what you're saying... Oh, Dan, I just got confused. I'm saying that's what Roger Goodell was saying. Roger Goodell okay, okay. came out and said, yeah, Roger Goodell came out just recently. You will not disrespect the flag. You will not do this. You will not do that. And last year, he didn't say any of that. No. And that's the part that I am frustrated with. Not the policy. Not the fact that these players are going to get ostracized when they come out of the tunnel. Because you guys already know that's going to happen. They're going to get berated, belittled as they're taking the field solo and everybody know why they stayed in the locker room even if that's not the reason why they stayed in the locker room you know it you, it's going to happen that's just obvious but it's the fact that it's like you looked me right in my face told me one thing and then it's something else like that this the nfl just did that and it why why do i want to support their brand I, it's 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 hard it's just hard yeah, it sucks man i mean at the end of the day you have rich old colonizer billionaires Against millionaires who are the athletes, who's gonna win? You know, and then keep in mind you got sponsors. 
that were pulling out because of what the players were doing. So I'm pretty sure going to this offseason, going to this meeting, whatever, they say, I, bet, I guarantee you they was in that room, said whatever they want to say. I'm pretty sure, you know, if we were to hear it, we'd definitely trip out the words that we'll probably use, especially like a guy like Bob McNair and, and Jerry Jones. Let's not forget Jerry Jones from, from the state of Arkansas. Who, who, I'm going to leave it at that. But anyway, I'm pretty <laughs> sure they said, hey, we can't – I'm pretty sure they said, these boys out of control. We got to – we, we got we to we put, put a stop to this. Right. I guarantee you, man. And because at the end of the day, if, if I'm wrong, the commissioner works for the owners, correct? Correct. Is that how it works? Yep. So – What's the, what, what's the commissioner going to do? He's, he's, he's going to have to play. Either he's going to have to fall in line, or I'm pretty sure they can blow it on or whatever. We'll find some way to it's, get him out. But from this, it, and it, I said this earlier. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say gonna, they, they're not going to. I don't think they're going to get rid of him just from the simple fact that he's doing the he's doing his job. He, he's brought in more money as the as, as the NFL commissioner than any other commissioner in history. They love he, their he, money. He has, he, he has and, and, do, and he's doing what he's told. He's doing what he's told. So then come this football. I mean, and, and I think as a fan, man, it just makes it tough. It makes it tough for the average fan that's really conscious to really support this brand. Now, yeah. I'll give Roger Goodell credit. I'll give Roger Goodell credit. He's he cleaned up the league as far as, you know, players doing things that they're not supposed to do. Um, he he's cleaned it up to a certain standpoint, but you can start off with the with the whole Ray Rice situation. I mean, he man, he dropped the ball on that and he's still around. And then now you have this this whole policy, man. And then basically you're saying, well, you'll get player or personnel will get fined if they are if they're not standing doing the national anthem, but they can stay in the locker room if they don't want to come out. So it's like, why not just take it back to where the players just stayed or the teams just stayed in the locker room doing the national anthem? Yeah. Why not just, you know, that to me, that would have made more sense. Just go back to that mm-hmm. policy. Yeah. And that's what I say. I, I, I don't agree with the policy itself. I agree that a policy should be in play. I, that I agree with. Why? But, well, no. I, well, why, why a policy? Because – Last year, all we talked about was the national anthem. I get that it's an issue. It's a concern. How do we get back to that? From a business standpoint, we're losing money. From a fan standpoint, I'm not entertained anymore. We come up with a policy, sit down with players, and say, okay, how can we do this without, without the, 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 I guess, the image that it comes around? Let's figure something out. It's not support causes like Martha Stewart talking about. I mean, not Martha Stewart, Martha Ford's talking about. But let's go back to the policy, like you said, and let's get everybody back in the locker room during the national anthem. 98% of players will probably remain in that locker room. Those who come out is not the ones who support America, because I support America too, but it's actually those who actually served in the military. Those players might find themselves out there. And I think the narrative will be those guys who supported and actually fought in the military would probably want to come out and everybody would agree with that. And what the NFL is trying to do is to protect the players, protect their brand at the same time. And even if they're lying to me, if they said that, I would be cool with that. I'd be like, all right, cool. We can get back to the game. I don't agree with this policy TV. I want to make sure you understand. I don't agree with this policy 
And I don't agree with the words and the narrative that he tried to put out there today as if we forgot about what the hell he said to us last year. No, I don't I don't I know. I hear what you're saying. I don't agree with this policy at all. Again, I'd rather just put in a go back to where, okay, before just let the players stay in the locker room, then after the national anthem come out. And, and, and then, you know, yeah, Roger, Roger, Roger Goodell's trying to protect the players, but, hell, he, he should have did a better job of making sure, you know, Kaepernick was able to get another uh, opportunity to, you know, sure audition for uh, numerous teams. Yep. Eric Reed. No, you know, and the reason you why be, you I said – no. Go ahead. No, go ahead, McGregor. Go ahead, go, go ahead, brother. Well, yeah, the reason why I said why does a policy need to uh, – you, you think – you agree that a policy needs to be enacted? I mean, TV already hit it on the head, like – why does a policy that need to be created for this, but uh, sexual harassment and rape and murder gets up on the rug? Yeah, no, you're like, right. Literal, literal, literal murder, like dead person. Mm-hmm. But a policy yeah. needs to be created for this. There is no blanket policy that says if you hit your, if you hit a woman, if you hit anyone outside of being on this football field. This is what's going to happen to you. We're going to find you. We're going to find your organization. Yeah. If you get caught with drugs, there is no blanket policy. But there is a blanket policy for a song. An edited version. Let's make sure you throw it out there. An edited version. No, 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 no. <laughs> not an edited version. It's not an edited version. They just—it's the original version of the song. They just left out the other stanzas because you know it. Uh, the other stanzas kind of shine a light on uh, what's what's already been there. If, if you yeah. know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy, fellas. And then let's transition up out of here. Reuben Foster. If anybody's followed that story, this man was facing two counts of felony charges for domestic violence, and. The, the the 49ers, instead of just cutting him, and he had issues coming into the league, by the way, instead of cutting him, they wanted to let the process take its course, due course, due process. And all of a sudden, the girlfriend comes out and says, pretty much she made the entire story up. The charges are dropped. Do you know what's going to happen to Reuben Foster with the history that he had coming into the league and then the issues that he had as he was in the league? Do you know what's going to happen to Reuben Foster now? Nothing. He's going to play. He's going to start. He's going to make his millions, and we move along. However, you got a guy who can start for probably three or four teams we can throw out there right now, currently better than the starters or backups on anybody's team, including ours here in Detroit, and this guy cannot get a job for simply standing up for ass clowns that do wrong to others. The NFL is tone deaf as hell. Just throwing it out there, fellas. I don't know if y'all knew about Ruben Foster, linebacker at uh, at the 49ers, but that just happened. This guy was facing two felony counts and was still on the roster. Girlfriend comes out and says it was all fabricated, which I think that her story is fabricated, to be quite honest. I think it actually happened. He had history coming into the league. They kept him on the team, and and they're going to keep him there. And he will be starting, all because he can play football. Yeah, I heard about that, man. That's um, just <laughs> ridiculous. I think I think a lesson should be learned, man. 
um, for gentlemen, for men that are, you know, getting ready to transition to the league, be careful who you, be careful who you date, be careful who you lay with, man, because, you know, some people just got a, a different agenda and will do anything by any means necessary to take what you have and so, and hopefully, hopefully our good friend down in Dallas, Texas, uh, Ezekiel Elliott has learned his lesson. So, but right. We'll see, man. We shall see, right? We shall see. We shall good conversation. See, good conversation. Six four six 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 eight two one eight two is the number. I want to bring somebody in. Um, he typically is on with us at Fred House Sports. Uh, again, you catch those guys every every Thursday, seven to nine p.m. before we come on here on FT Sports Podcast. Mike Capel, NHL columnist with the Wildfire Sports. Mike AP, what's up, man? Chris, how are you? Good to talk to you again. I'm, I'm doing good, man. Well, first time coming on to the show here with the fellas. Um, as you can see, you see why I brag about doing a show with these guys. Very, very in tune to what's going on and very knowledgeable Absolutely. on every topic across the board. Um, I want to get your take because, um, again, sometimes, you know, we look at things on one side of the spectrum. Uh, maybe you may agree with us or disagree, but I wanted to get your take on, you know, just the national anthem real fast, and then we're going to go on to some of the topics that are taking place in the NFL now currently. But what's your take on the NFL doing what they did to yesterday and then all the narrative today? Where do you stand on all this? Yeah, well, I, I, I sort of touched on this uh, when we talked about this on the on the Frat House show. Um, I, I think it's more a PR move than anything else. Yeah, I, I think Adele was, was getting heat from certain people and yeah, you know, I'm sure there there's certain sponsors that you know didn't like the kneeling and stuff like that. So I think he came out, and I think this is his way of saying, okay, we're 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 going to make a stand against the people that kneel. So he just sort of put this flimsy policy in place where you know he's trying to appease certain people. Um, yeah, the the thing is, like, I don't see how. Um, finding these guys is going to put a stop to it. I mean, you, you're talking about guys that are making millions of dollars. So by, by slapping a fine on them, like, I, I don't like if, I think if these guys are steadfast on still wanting to make a, a stand uh, against social injustice, I think they're going to come out and do it anyway. I, yeah. I think they'll just gladly pay the fine and not, yeah, I don't think that's really going to have that much of an effect on whether or not they're going to they're going to protest the anthem. So, yeah, it's it's a PR, it's a PR move by Goodell to appease certain people, um, and I I think that's it. I don't think the policy has a lot of teeth to it. Um, and uh, you know, like you one one of your guests, uh, you know, I'm sorry, I don't I don't know your your the two guys you're on, uh, uh, what your names are. I apologize for that. I I want to say one was McGriff. Yep. Okay. Um. Uh. Yeah. You were saying like how he Goodell dropped the ball when it comes to when it came to the whole Ray Rice thing. He's he's been a, it, other than making money for the league when it comes to handing down punishment and stuff like that. He he's been a weak commissioner. He you know, he he, he he with the whole Ray Rice thing, he should have come out and, you know, the the punishment should have been a lot more stern right from the get go. Um but 
you know, he he was weak with that, and he only gave him a six-game suspension. Now, So now he's constantly trying to make up for his mistakes. So, um, you know, it, it's, in my opinion, what Goodell did, it was, it was strictly a PR move that isn't really going to have, I mean, that much of an effect on players who really still want to protest social injustice. That That's my take on it. I almost forgot, fellas. Did y'all see the video from uh, the Milwaukee Bucks uh, basketball player? Did you guys see that? Yeah. No, but I, 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 I've, I've heard about I, it. I started watching it today, and I had to turn it off because I was at work, and I know I would have uh, done yeah. that. So, uh... <laughs> Escorted off the premises real fast. Um, yeah. But but again, McGriff, how toned up can you get? You, you announced okay, this in the afternoon up, after seeing the video in the morning. All, all that Roger Goodell needed to do was come out and try to hand everybody a Pepsi, and it would have just been, uh, <laughs> it would just been full circle. This is, oh my gosh, man! Like everybody knew, if you've been following sports, AP, and all the articles you write, and I know you write about the NHL, but it was talked mm-hmm. about pretty much on every outlet. This, this, this video was going to get released. So if you're the NFL, how? How is it that you don't know that your biggest issue, they're about to release this video? Don't you think maybe you should rethink saying what you're going to say the same day? Like, don't you think you should just sit back for a second and say, damn, um, either our players got a point or we really need to just, like, really not say this today. Like, out of all the days, we really don't want to say this today. Yeah, the the timing couldn't have been any worse. Uh, I I agree, Chris. Like, damn, like, it's... fellas, I want to move to another topic. I, I want to change it up a little bit. I want to ask you guys about Aaron Rodgers and AP. I want to start with you because Aaron Rodgers said some comments um, earlier this week, I believe, and it was surrounding the free agent that is Des Bryant. Now we took the position on this panel last week. Um, TV, I think I got your opinion on this. I'm not sure, but if we didn't, let's get it. Um, before we talk about AP, did you talk about Des Bryant and him not signing with the Ravens? Did you make a comment about that last week? I can't remember. Um, I don't. I don't believe. I, I, you know what? I'm. I'm. Yeah, I, I did. I did make a comment on that, and my my opinion on that was he he should have signed that deal with the Ravens because he, he like I I think in his own mind he thinks that he's a lot more wanted than he actually is. Like, I think he really believes that there's going to be another offer that comes along that's going to be better than the Ravens. But I, I think he's in for a rude awakening because right. teams don't look at him as the Des Bryant of five or six years ago. So I, I definitely think he made a mistake not signing that deal with, with Baltimore. Got you. Now, TV, last week, I'm not sure because I know me and McGriff. I got McGriff's thoughts on it. Did we get your thoughts on um, Des Bryant not signing with the Ravens? Uh, I believe so because we we were also we all, I think I also mentioned how um, Green Bay was looking at him, or uh, it was talks about him going to Green Bay. And I think I mentioned that you know for a guy that has been the same player for five years, man, it's, it's not, it seems like he he was robbing the Dallas Cowboys, you know, for you know for a while because. Of his lack of yep. production, so right. uh, he was he was lucky enough to stay in the league. You know what I'm saying? Not being the same yeah, player yeah. five years ago. So, okay. 
So mm-hmm. that same it, it's either the same week or earlier this week, uh, Aaron Rodgers was asked pretty much, what do you think about Des Bryant coming to the Packers? And it's not this is not the situation when you read the article where you're like, well, maybe I mean, he didn't say anything wrong. It's not what he said. It's how he said it. It's not even that scenario. It truly is. If you read it and you listen, it is kind of putting off and really taking shots at Green Bay. I want to read to you what he said. He said, well, we like young receivers, so I'm assuming that's the way that we're going to keep going because I don't know why you cut Jordy and bring Dez, but he's a talented player. So he took that political quarterback you know, stance, but he's been taking shots at Green Bay all offseason. Since they unloaded Jordy Nelson, I mean, he's not been uh, very happy with Green Bay in the direction that they're heading. So, um, AP, I'll ask you first. Is this the last year we're going to see Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay? I feel like this is it. I, I don't know. What, what, what's your take on that? Well, I just read the article about about him. Um, his contract doesn't expire until 2019. So, um, you know, like I, I don't. I, I think that whole at the very least play play that out. But as far as will he be with the Packers after that? Yeah, you know, I. I it sounds like there's a lot of acrimony there. So I think there's a good chance that he moves on because. Yeah, he he said the stuff that you said. They they fired their quarterbacks coach, um, Alex Van Pelt. He wasn't happy about that. Um, he's not happy about the fact that whenever they do stuff, that he's not consulted about it. And you know what? When I when I first started reading that article, I thought, you know what? Like, you're not the GM. Let the GM do his job. Like, it's not your job to have influence on personnel decisions. But then as I kept uh, reading it and they said how a lot of top quarterbacks in the league are consulted. And I also realized that Carson Wentz for the Eagles, who's only, you know, he's only going into his second year. The Eagles have consulted him about a couple of decisions they made. So if that's the case, then I can see why Rodgers would be um, not too happy with the Packers because I mean, if the Eagles are consulting a second year quarterback and the Packers aren't, going to the guy who's been into the league that's been in the league for what 10 or 12 years I can see how he wouldn't be too happy about that and you know the the one source said that he's he's he he Rogers has already said I'm not going to do the Packers any favors so I unless they really blow him away with a deal I I could see I could definitely see him moving on Mm. McGriff um yeah, Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. It, it just seems mm-hmm. like this is it. Like, I, as a Lions fan, I'm going to be honest, I'm happy. <laughs> I'm happy to see this happen. <laughs> it's almost like seeing the bully. Like, you like seeing him packing his bags. He's like, hell yeah, he's getting ready to move. I can finally leave. I can finally be outside. I just feel like that's the way I look at it. If, if you're a Lions fan, you're sitting back like, yeah, yeah. You just love that ish. Like, right? I mean, What's your takes on that? Does he leave Green Bay? Uh, Come on, man. I honestly saw him. I honestly saw, well, before this whole thing happened, I honestly did see him being a career uh, Green Bay Packer. Um, but, yeah, man, it, it, it's possible he could leave. And like you said, uh, as a Lions fan, I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> the Lions will still find a way to mess with him. But, uh, <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> 
<laughs> this was the moment for you to say yes, Seth. We're gonna win. No. Like, I oh, speak the truth, Chris. Oh, here we go with that. Now I'm not trying to hit that. So you didn't look at the story and say, "Yeah, get out of there." Like this is gonna happen. I just feel like, like the way he said it, he's pissed off at Green Bay right now, and he's it, not mm-hmm. doing them any favors. Means that he feels that they're gonna give him uh, a discount, and he's gonna say, "Nah, I'm gone." I mean, let him go. Like Stevie, what's your thoughts on that, man? Because, go ahead. I'm sorry, McGriff. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, nah, I mean it'll it'll make Detroit smile, and then you know, Sunday will happen, and you know. <laughs> go ahead. TV. We go to Lambo, playoffs <laughs> on the line, and we just drop it even without him. Okay, that that makes sense. Thanks, McGriff. Thanks for for helping me realize we still ain't ish. I appreciate that. Thank you. I mean, pure Michigan. No, no favors. I, I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, TV, you, you've said it multiple times. I agree with the narrative. As long as number 12 wears that jersey in Green Bay, Detroit will never do anything. So I'm not even going to go there. But just the fact that he is so upset with Green Bay, it, it looks like the narrative is leading down to a, a terrible divorce, probably just as bad, if not worse, than what happened with them and Brett Favre. So what's your take on this? Um, <laughs> I I mean I've heard I've heard bits and pieces about it, but honestly, it reminds me of a relationship you really want out of, and you're at the point where you try or you find every little thing that's bad, and you and you making it bigger than what it is. And it also reminds me of the situation. I know we're talking about football, but remember when Dwight Howard was with the Orlando Magic, and mm, things were going yeah. well, and then all of a sudden. He couldn't, you know, him and Van, him, him and uh, Stan Van Gundy didn't see eye to eye. Then it was, then he had problems with the person, you know, with with the personnel moves and so on and so on. So this is about to be possibly the last year we're going to see Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. It's a bad, it's 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 a, it's a relationship that needs that needs to be over. Um, mm. He got rid of one of his best weapons and, and Jordy Nelson, even though he was injured, but went healthy. He, he was he was one of the best receivers in the game. Uh, I know someone mentioned about the receivers coach. And, of course, over the past, what, two or three years, they lost uh, – you know, they've been losing some um, some, vet- some veteran leadership. And yeah, I think I, said, alignment. I want to add on. Yeah. I also want to say this, too. To me, ever since – I mean, it seems like ever since that Super Bowl run they had, they haven't really been that same team, you know. And I mean yeah. as far as, you know, having like the Charles Woodson and – and uh, who's that? B, like B.J. Raj, B.J. Raj, who was you know on the defense on the defensive line. Uh, I do remember B.J. You know, former uh, yeah, Boston College, right? That's right. That's right. I mean, when you start losing leadership, you know, or leaders like those, like those men, it that it slowly it slowly catch it slowly catches up with this organization. And I think Green Bay Packers are on the verge of, of, of realizing, you know what, Aaron Rodgers is what in his tenth or twelfth season. He's getting older. Um, he's had some injuries, and it's time to start looking at the future. And in Aaron Rodgers' mind, he's like, "Look, if it wasn't for me, you guys would be a, you guys would get a, a five and eleven, six, six and ten team." Very and true. we noticed, and we and we and we noticed, and we and we were and we witnessed that last season when he missed those games. So mm-hmm. it's about it's, it's pretty much a done deal, man. Um, after this upcoming season, pretty much over. Peel the onion back. 
Don't don't let's let's not sugarcoat this. Green Bay has the worst offensive line in the NFC North. That's record. That's that's that is proven. No matter how many sacks Stafford has been, you know, uh, gotten, Green Bay for the last couple of years have had the one the one of the worst offensive lines. That's that's a fact. They have no running game. It's overshadowed by the fact that Detroit hasn't had a 100-yard runner in years. That's a fact. Since the Super Bowl run TV, as you mentioned, Green Bay has had one of the worst secondaries and worst defenses in the National Football yeah. League, overshadowed by other teams and their inability to win. Green Bay has been masked by all everyone else's inefficiencies, and the only thing that they had good riding with them is Aaron Rodgers. And y'all didn't win and pissed it's him just off. Like, it's just like, and you know what? It's almost like we're going back in time with the situation when Brett Favre was there, where towards the, you know towards the end of his career there, you know Green Bay's defense was was terrible, and offensive line play was terrible. So here we are again, ten, eleven, twelve years, you know, ten years later, talking about the same thing, but just with a different quarterback. So. Looks like Green Bay is getting ready to uh, to, to begin begin the rebuild process. But then, you know what, Green Bay, yeah. as, but as an organization, Green Bay is pretty. Green Bay has been good at this. I will give them credit; they've been good at it. It takes time, but once they get the piece together, they become you know a Super Bowl contender. So, but do you let's, do, let's do you so. see the pieces right now? Though I mean, there's the no, backup I see, quarterback. I don't, I don't I don't I don't see squat right now. The backup quarterback is terrible. The offensive line is still terrible. The secondary is terrible. It can't stay healthy as well. Then the offensive line is atrocious. So, no, I don't see the pieces, but it's going to no be running a game. while, man. Yeah, that's oh, what I'm saying. Like, no running game. Like, you, you talk about the rebuild, but definitely better than San Francisco, definitely better than Dallas, definitely better than the Dolphins. You know, I'm thinking of just, like, blue blood teams. And, and, and McGriff AP, I'll just be honest with you, their backup quarterback was just on 16 last season. The guy mm-hmm. that they just got rid of won more games as a backup for this team, and they got rid of him. They bring in a guy that went 0 16 last season. <laughs> what is Green Bay doing? I don't understand it. So again, I look at it, I'm sitting back, and I'm like, Aaron Rodgers gone? I'm excited because this doesn't look very good. Like, this looks really bad. And I'm trying to think of a team, fellas, in any sport, and AP, again, you, you covered NHL. Uh, I'm trying to uh-huh. think of a team that has had, has, has, that has sustained success in the years that they have and has fallen so fast, maybe the, maybe the hurricanes of Miami and, and college football national championships, maybe the Nebraska corn Huskers in the nineties TV won all these national championships, you know, number one in the country for so many years. And they just fall from grace very quickly. I, I, I can't think of any other sport outside. Maybe those two teams that we've seen that from. So maybe Green Bay can be added to that list soon. Add the wings to it. Add the Detroit Red Wings to it. I, you know what? That's a good one. I didn't think about it. Because they're not going to win squad for the next 50 years. So you add them to it. You know what? Uh, I, I got one for you. How about the uh, the New York Islanders? They they won four straight Stanley Cups in the 80s. Uh-huh. And then they I was haven't. Going to say that. I was going to say yeah. that, too. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow, NHL references. I got to ask you just because TV, TV's into NHL a little bit. Uh, McGriff, you get the final word on this, man. Um, the NFC North gets interesting. Detroit is on the rebuild. They have pieces in play. Minnesota, 
obviously has pieces in play. Chicago, we see what they're doing with the youth. And then obviously you have Green Bay. Just based on the story, if you had to rank them from top to bottom, where would you put these teams right now? <laughs> so Detroit, Chicago, and Green Bay? Detroit, Chicago, Minnesota, Green Bay. Chicago, Minnesota, Green Bay. Woo! Okay. Uh, I feel like he's all right, all Detroit. All right. All right. All right. All right. Minnesota at, at one. You know what? I'm going to give you Detroit at – wait, 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 wait. Don't give me – don't do that, me no favors. Is, is this Green Bay with or without Aaron Rodgers? Let's say pissed off. Nope. Let's say let's say pissed off Aaron Rodgers because he's pissed. Let's, okay, let's pissed say off he's, Aaron he's Rodgers. Great. Yeah. All right, pissed off Aaron Rodgers. I'm gonna put Detroit and Green Bay both at two, and then okay. uh, Chicago at three. Mm. Wow. Okay. So you're saying I, I, I if it comes down man. to it, they I'm split. sorry. They're split. Right. I'm sorry. I just can't. I can't. I can't just give it to them, man. I can't. Okay. I All love right, them, fair enough, man. but I got. Loving somebody is about being honest with them. Okay. All right, fair enough. Yeah, fair, fair enough. Fair. Uh, I'm just curious. Um, who, who, I, who do, who um, uh, who decide? Who do the Lions consider like their biggest rival? Like that, that division has like a bunch of great rivalries in it. Like, who, like, is it? Is Green Bay considered their biggest rival, or is it Minnesota, Chicago? Like, who, who do you line? guys see as like the? Yeah. Like, who do you guys see as their biggest rival? Like, as far as, like, traditional rivalry, like like Green Bay and the Bears, like, they, you know what I mean? That's, like, a big rivalry. Like, the, yeah, like, the Eagles, like, it's the Dallas Cowboys. Like, we always get off for them every week. Like, who, like, is there anybody that the Lions where it's like, oh, wow, we're playing Green Bay this week or Minnesota? Like, who's? You know what? That's a good about that. question because in the 90s TV, I feel like, it was always Barry and, and Brett Favre dominating the headlines. And then when we played against Minnesota, it was always like Mel Gray, um, the, you know, one of the great punt, uh, re- greatest punt kickoff returners of all time, always taking it to the house against Minnesota. And then Chicago is always some defensive effort from Robert Porsche in the defense of the Lions. It's, it's hard to say, man. Like, I think maybe the Lions' biggest rival has to be, has to be Chicago. Okay, I think Chicago. TV, what do you think? It, um, you said Mel, Mel Gray or Mel Far? You know, Mel is it Mel for the Lions? Is Mel okay, Farr. Mel Far. My friend. I thought yeah, it was he, Gray. I'm he, sorry, he, Mel Far. Kickoff return. Settled janky, yeah, he used to settle janky cars, people. But uh, that's a different story. But uh, <laughs> I would say it, it, it depends. It depends on, on like on a decade, you know. And that's that was a great comparison because you had Barry and Farb in the '90s. And then in the, and then in the eighties, you, you, well, late nineties, I want to say like maybe the uh, late sixties, seventies, you had Mel Far and and you had uh who else? You had like Barb Starr in the sixties against uh, uh 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 Night Train, uh, one one of the greatest defensive backs of all time, and also you had the defensive coordinator, uh, Tennessee, who played for the Lions. So you have Dick LeBeau, Dick LeBeau against Brett uh, uh Bart Starr, excuse me, Bart Starr. Um, I want to say it's Green Bay. One A and then it's Chicago. Okay. Okay. And and technically you can say you can make the argument you can make the argument that it's old, that is Detroit Chicago because 
historically, it's always a, it's always a rival between the city of Detroit versus the city of Chicago. It, 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 rather, it's yeah. uh, hockey. Of course, AP, you know about it. It, it, hockey, especially at you know while the wings were on a decline, and you know the Blackhawks yeah. kind of like made that comeback. So yeah, we got that. And then you got uh, the Pistons and the Chicago Bulls, you know, the 80s and 90s. Uh, yeah. You take back to the 70s. So I would say right now it's Green Bay 1A and Chicago 1B. Mm. Interesting. The, Minas- the, right. Minas- the, Detroit, the Detroit-Minnesota rivalry, to be honest with you guys, I feel like it's always been – it's a rivalry, but it's been like – it's a respected rivalry. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I can see that. Because I was thinking back in the mm-hmm. 90s when Robert Porsche get off the line, and, you know, always going after Rod Smith. You know, obviously, Minnesota and their weapons and, and their, you know, Chris Carter, uh, Randy Moss. I'm just thinking about the battles mm-hmm. that they had, Dre Bly and all that. Like, it was it was always a respect seesaw battle. We can beat them at home. We can't beat them on the road. It was always something with Green Bay and Chicago. I agree with you there. I do. McGriff, what do you think? Yeah. Huh? Did we lose McGriff? Uh-uh. uh-uh. Yeah. Eat some cereal, man. You good? You ran out of milk? <laughs> Over there, yeah. Wow. Uh, McGriff agrees with us, AP. I think McGriff agrees with us there. We're going to take the safe route. Uh, McGriff? Yeah, I agree with you guys. <laughs> Six four six 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 eight two one eight two is the number. Uh, AP, because you're um, NHL, I, I really want to get a thought from you because I mentioned it. Uh, TV mentioned it. I think we're the only two to really mention anything hockey on our show. So you'd be the first time to actually talk or break it down and break it down for some that may not follow it, if you could. The Washington Capitals got it done. They finally got it done. Uh, and they got it mm-hmm. done impressively four to zero. Um we don't really follow – I don't follow hockey like that. I mean, it's kind of cool to watch the story a little bit. I, would, I did watch a little bit of the game yesterday, I admit. It was more entertaining than the Boston game, uh, which we'll get into uh, here in a minute. But I really want to get your thoughts because the Golden Knights, as an expansion team, they're in the finals. you got a team that has, has not been there, that has dropped the ball multiple times, that has a Hall of Famer that shrinks at the moment, and he finally gets it done. Who is really the underdog here? Is it the expansion team? Or is it the team that should have been there and got it done, but now they're there? I mean, there's like two underdogs going at it right now, right? Uh, yeah, that that's a great point, Chris. And you know what? It's a tough question to answer because you can look at either one of these teams as the underdog because, I mean, you you look at Washington. They, they won the President's Trophy last year for, you know, having the best regular season all of hockey. But then they lost a couple guys to free agency. They – during the regular season, like, they had a good regular season. They won the division, but they weren't the dominant team that they were of the past couple of years. And going into the play, and they, you know, they go into the playoffs, and they, they lose their first two games at home to the Columbus Blue Jackets. So you're thinking, okay, here we go again, Washington, typical. They're going to fold, you know. And But, you know, they've, they have somehow – um, become a lot more resilient, you know, uh, as opposed to years past. Because in years past, if they had lost those first two playoff games uh, at home to, to Columbus, that would have been it. They would have folded. But they, you know, they bounced back. And, you know, you look at Vegas, obviously, first-year expansion team, 
No, nobody. I mean, they were the, the Vegas Golden Knights were a five hundred to one shot to to win the Stanley Cup this year. So nobody expected them. I mean, they weren't even expected to make the playoffs, let alone go to the finals. So, I mean, you know, I, I'm going to say that I'm going to say that Washington is still the underdog because Vegas was the better team during the regular season. They they have home ice advantage for the finals. Um, I I think. The Vegas uh, odds makers have them as a slight favorite right now, so I, I'm going to say that Washington's a little bit more of the underdog because of the fact that Vegas had the better regular season and, and they have home ice. Okay, all right, TV. I'm not sure if you you know follow what's going on currently, but I'll, I'll take the shot and I'll ask. I, I, I feel like people are surprised that the Golden Knights are even in the Stanley Cup Finals. They act like that this is like the, you know, the uh, Carolina Panthers or the Jacksonville Jaguars. They made players available from pretty much every team in the NH- in NHL and was brought over. So these guys are not like, you know, just randoms that just came on the team. They actually played in the league and they played for pretty good teams. So I guess, are we really surprised that they made the Stanley Cup finals? I mean, to be quite honest with you, when you look at it, I'm not, but they are there. What do you think? Um, honestly, I'm surprised that the Capitals managed to beat my Penguins, man. I was looking forward to seeing <laughs> the, the kid get the three P, man, and I'd be able to, I'd be able to rub it in in the uh, fans here in the in this lovely city of Detroit. But um, I'm surprised, man. I mean, a, a first year. I mean, you got an expansion team first year, and they are on the verge. Uh, possibly not just winning the Stanley Cup, but hell, they may they may even win in the sweep. And it almost reminds me, and AP correct me if I'm wrong, but it almost reminds me when the New Jersey Devils first came to the league, and the year they went to the Stanley Cup, they swept the Red Wings easily. And a lot of yeah, lot they of fans, did a lot of fans easily, and a lot of fans, a lot of teams, and well, they didn't like it in, in the sense of how in the hell you let this damn pickup team coming to this league and whoop our ass. <laughs> and that's what and that's what it's gonna look like that's what it's gonna look like with the uh what the Knights, what the Golden Knights are gonna do, man. Mm. I, I would I, say I, I would say the um I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was gonna say I'm I'm not mad about it. As long as the wings not go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, no, the only thing I was gonna say is that with the Devils like they actually they were actually the Colorado Rockies before they became the Devils, and they they moved to New Jersey in '82. So and they were like um, Wayne Gretzky actually called them the Mickey Mouse franchise at one point. So they they were a bottom feeder, but then uh, when Lou Lamarell took over as GM, and I think in the late '80s, early '90s, that that's when they started to make their turnaround. So like they. They had been in the league for a while before they had played Detroit. So what? No, that's okay. what thirteen years. Yeah. So, but they, but before, before like they made that. That was like their the year before they um, won the cup in '95. They went to the conference finals against the Rangers and they lost Game Seven in overtime. So like that was when you started to realize, okay, like the Devils are really. Yeah, they're they're really they're a team on the rise, and then it was the following year in '95 that they they beat the right. Yeah, they swept the Red Wings in the final. So, mm-hmm. 
So, like, uh, yeah, I, I see the similarity between them and Vegas because, like, the Devils have been a bottom feeder for so long, but they had been around for, uh, what, 13 years before that. But, they, they, yeah, when they beat the Red Wings, that was only maybe, like, their second or third year of being, like, a good competitive team. So there's differences and there's, and there's similarities between Vegas and the Devils. Gotcha. And this is the first time in three years NHL was taught in depth on this show. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. That, that was good stuff, TV. I know TV is probably the wisest of the bunch when it comes to sports. And we kind of shell and run away from these other ones. But when it's time and we talk about some, some, some baseball or, or, or even hockey, always fascinated. Always Good. That was good stuff, man. That good stuff, TV. Good stuff. Good stuff. Because I couldn't. I, I had no idea what you were talking about. To be honest. And McGriff, I don't even know if he's paying attention. To be honest. Oh uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll pay attention. Uh, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. You look at. I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> All right, McGriff. We'll go with that. We'll we'll we'll, we'll go with that, man. We'll go with that. <laughs> we'll, go, we'll, we'll go with that, man. We'll we'll go with that. Uh, six four six Chris, six, Chris. Six, six eight. Go. Chris, did you say we're going to talk baseball now? Did I hear you oh, later? No, no, oh, whoa, no, no, whoa, no, no. You're getting way ahead of yourself there. Uh-oh. Got enough of that over there with Mike and the team. We, yeah, we, we stay away from that. You know what I'm saying? I got to ask this before we jump into the basketball real fast, TV, because I don't know what, the, what Michigan teams do you support? Because you don't like the Red Wings. You don't like the Tigers. I feel like you're just brutally honest about the Lions and you don't want to be bothered with them. Um, and I, you know, I, I'm not even sure how you feel about the Pistons. Which, which team do mortal. you support? She said they're mortals. We're not going there. We, we won't go there. Yeah. Yeah. Which team do you You know, you remember that baseball scene in Montreal Expos? That's what that's what that movie hang out with now, man. <laughs> yeah. TV out of the four, no, man. I mean, Which like, who do you support? I mean, I like. I mean, I, I support the Lions, man. I mean, I'm I'm just honest about them. Uh, the Pistons, man. It's oh my gosh. I I mean, I support that's hard. too, man. That that's but hard. It's yeah. Hard, man. It's like. Oh, man, I don't even, I don't know how to describe it. If I do describe it, I don't know if it's gonna come up as me, being mean or actually being <laughs> funny. But it's just, you know, you know how like you know how like your kid, and oh, no. he's like, yeah, man, I want I want to play basketball, but he's but he's but he he's such, he, he's terrible at it. But you do everything you can, like you buy tapes and you know you actually pay for you know a trainer and you're still terrible. And you're like, yeah, but I'm trying to support it. Man, that's how I feel about the Pistons, man. Like, mm. damn. That, that's that's a good one. Really? Because really? they just they just hired their former GM of, of the Grizzlies, and they may be getting Dwayne Casey. So, might be doing right. I don't know. I don't know, man. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. we we're gonna take a moment to find for that, man. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to do that to you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, but we know okay, for man. certain have, the Red Wings and the Tigers. And the Red Wings and the Tigers. You just hell no with that. I hate. I, I hate them. I hate them because the wings, growing up, the wings were always winning. I got tired of that crap, man. And 
as far as the Tigers, season for the Tigers, my grandpa used to take me to Tiger Stadium a lot. And for some damn reason, they were always playing the Yankees whenever we would go, and the Tigers would be up like 5-0 against the Yankees. And then all of a sudden, the Yankees would win 12 or 13 higher. And like, why do you keep bringing me to this, to this beatdown called a baseball game? And mm. spending money, they can't get a damn hot dog, cheap as hell. So after that, man, I hate going to Tiger Games, man. I couldn't stand it. So, so I ended up, so I, so I ended up becoming an Indians fan. And the way that happened was, you guys ever heard that? You, ever, you guys ever seen the movie Major League with like yeah. uh, uh, Wesley Snipes and Charlie Sheen? Yeah, yeah. Charlie Sheen. Uh huh. So, so that's how I became a fan of the Cleveland Indians. And then I found out later, you know. They actually did the recording of that movie in Milwaukee, not in Cleveland. And, but that's how became that's how became the Cleveland Indians. Man. So you didn't support you don't support the Brewers then because of that? Hell no, man. That was your taste of baseball. That we ain't going no more than that. That's it. That's it. That's it. Let's transition to the NBA. AP, I don't know if you want to stick around for this. Um, if, if you want to, that's, that's up to you. Um, but I wanted to transition to the NBA. Maybe get your thoughts real okay. fast. Um, LeBron James, the narrative, you know, what I hate about this, fellas, and I'll just be honest with you, and I don't like to do the comparison TV. And I think we agree with that, you know, comparing players and generations. But I just need to say this. Some of the greats that I've seen play basketball and didn't get it done or they did get it done and struggled. Kobe, Jordan at a, at a, at a period. Hell, I'll throw Tracy McGrady in there, Vince Carter. I'm just throwing just random guys in there. And Shaq, I feel as though when their teams failed, it was never the, – the media never let them run away from the narrative. They were either the better team or something happened and they got beat down. I feel like each one of those guys, they will give you a, a, a press conference where they kept it real, they kept it honest, and they didn't skirt the issue, especially Kobe, game five or what it was against Boston. They got destroyed by like 40 points. With LeBron James, the media – finds a way to get the excuse for this man. And the excuse is he's tired. He played 82 games. He played 235 minutes in, in the playoffs. He's carrying his team and blah, 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 blah. All facts. I get it. But why we want to make excuses for this man, he got his ass beat again on the road after winning two games convincingly. Am I, am I just losing my mind, fellas? But why do we continue to make excuses when LeBron James wins, but if he was to play the way he did and he had backup, the narrative, we wouldn't be talking about fatigue. Like, why do we have excuses for him? Can anybody answer that? I don't know. I don't, I don't know if people, I don't know if people are making excuses. I just feel like, I always feel like LeBron is in a no-win situation, right? Or lose-win situation. Win-lose, however you want to put it. You know, if he has a team, or a good team, a solid team, and they win, first thing they'll say is, well, LeBron should have took that shot instead of making a pass. Or or LeBron should have did this, you know. And it's like the man the man the man's basketball knowledge is is it's just like he's one of the greatest basketball minds ever. But when he lose, it's like, well damn man, like I don't I don't I just don't get it by he 
I just I just don't understand why he gets so much criticism. You know, I mean, he's doing everything he he can for this team. I mean, he scored what forty four points twice in this series against Boston, and it's obvious that outside of Kevin Love, I mean, really he doesn't he doesn't have any help, man. And I, I hell, I'll be tired too if I'm if I'm playing you know damn near what uh you know forty two forty three minutes or so. I mean. I don't know, man. It's, it's. I think, I think, I think at some point, man, we need to just enjoy the moment. Let the man play. Stop all these damn comparisons between him and MJ. LeBron versus MJ. LeBron, Kobe. You know, it's like, first of all, we're talking about LeBron. Kobe's been retired. MJ's been out the game, and then right away they make the comparison that well, you know, MJ, uh, you know, was undefeated in the final six times. But I'm like, yeah, but LeBron's never had a losing record. And they had three losing records. Hell, he couldn't even get the damn Washington Wizards for the playoffs. Why the hell are we comparing him to LeBron? So, it's just – it's starting to get annoying, man. Hopefully, man, this series ends, and I wouldn't mind seeing Cleveland go back to the finals. But, eh, that's my take on it right now. Okay, fair enough. Um, Griff, hey, yeah, what you guys thought? Uh, I was just going to say um, to uh, to add uh, – I'm sorry, like – I. I, I can't tell. Like, I don't know what – who, who – was that McLeft that was just talking? No, it was TV. Uh, okay. Um, just to add to his point uh, about LeBron and uh, Jordan, like how Jordan had a couple of losing records, um, for a time, uh, the Bulls and Jordan, they could never get by the Detroit Pistons in the playoffs. I, I remember Joe Dumars used to – completely shut Jordan down and they could they could never get over that hump of being the Pistons. So, you know, it's not like you know, Jordan had his struggles just like LeBron did. I and I think people tend to uh, you know, as time passes, I think people tend to forget stuff like that. So, um yeah, there I think there's some validity where, you know, the, and I think Jordan played on I think the teams he played on were a lot better than the teams that LeBron's on. I like like a lot, I mean, the the team. There were a couple of those teams that LeBron took to the finals, where it was him and maybe um, Kyrie Irving, and then yeah, it was just those two guys, and that was it. So, um, you know, uh, like I, I think that a lot of times LeBron's a one man show, and and it, he's in a no win situation a lot of the times. Very true, and I think people forget that LeBron his game is predicated on other guys getting going. I mean, from the first Cleveland team to this, to uh, Miami, to this team uh, with Kyrie and, and now the current one, Kyrie Irving was probably the only guy and maybe Dwayne Wade that can get their own as far as, you know, dribble drive. Probably the only two guys that he's ever played with that could dribble drive and get his own shot. Uh, I mean, Jr. maybe a distant three, but most of the teammates that LeBron has had was always LeBron, LeBron, LeBron drives, kicks it out. Somebody's open for three, hit the shot. The Jordan teams, he didn't have that. Everybody had their own thing. And if Jordan didn't get going, Steve Kerr was right there. Pippen was there. Coop Coach was there. Yeah. He had backup. I mean, Kobe did. I think that people forget the other members of the team. So it's so hard. And I was a victim of this. I used to, but it's so hard to forget about those guys because their games, their games, Kobe, Jordan, whoever else you want to say, 
it wasn't around everybody else. They didn't play around what they could do. If they had cold days, they had other guys that can get going. LeBron never had that. He got the kick and drop and guys don't hit threes. It's just a wrap. That's, that's his teams. So I, I, I just find it difficult. But I, I bring that up, gentlemen, because Cleveland's down. They're down 2-3. Uh, Boston is heading to Cleveland. They're 1-6 on the road uh, in the playoffs. They're 10-0 and 0 at home. They don't want a Game 7 TV. I, I, I'll be honest. It's still LeBron James. You don't want a Game 7 because I feel like they can go to Boston and beat them. Boston needs to close them out tomorrow night. Do they not? No. I don't think Boston closes them out, man. Mm. I mean, looking at this series and the Milwaukee series, they struggle away from home. So, I think I think Cleveland is definitely going to win this game tomorrow, and then come Sunday, I think LeBron's going to seal the deal. He's going to put on one hell of a performance, and he's going to seal the deal, and make his what eight straight appearance in, in the NBA Finals. Damn. Jeez, I don't I want just, to see them in there again. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're going to get swept. If they get there, they're getting swept. Right. If they, they're not watching the same thing over and over and over again. If they play Golden State, I think they'll get they'll. I'll say the worst, game. Okay, best case best case scenario, they'll win one game. Worst case, they get swept. But now, if they play Houston, I will actually pick pick Cleveland over over Houston. Oh, what? Wow. I would. Wow. I would. I, I want to hear the rationale on this one. I, I got to hear it. I just think defensively, they wouldn't be able to contain LeBron, and I think players like J.R. Smith will be able to get going. And the reason I say that because, I mean, Houston had one great defensive game, and that was the game against Golden State that we all, that you know, supposedly we all uh, watched a couple of nights ago, or not last night, but the night before. So, throughout the regular season, even the postseason, I mean, has Houston really – play with that type of defensive intensity? I don't think so. We used to score a lot of points, but I just think it will favor LeBron more if they were to go up against Houston. Mm. <sighs> I heard you talk, Chris. I, I I'm already hurt. <laughs> I mean, you make a compelling argument from a defensive standpoint, because Houston's only won one game, honestly, on the defensive side of the ball, and that was against Golden State on the road, game four, swing game. I don't know if I can judge them in that one game. I don't know, man. I I hear you, but I, I just feel if if you live by, you die by the three. And I said this earlier tonight, AP, you heard me say it, but I'll say it, you know, TV, McGriff, you hear me say it. The Duke teams in the you know the late '90s, early 2000s TV, you know, live by die by the three. That that's them. Kentucky, yes. Uh, the Phoenix Suns live by die by the three. Golden State, which you saw in Game Four recently, you live by you die by the three. If Cleveland can't hit the three point ball, no matter how many times they dribble drive and they make the the two point shots, and you know Kyle Korver can get a, a smooth two point shot off, or you know Kevin Love gives an offensive rebound, or Tristan can get one and they throw it back up. For every two ball that you make, Houston can make equal to that as a three-pointer, easily. And 
the way that the role players are playing TV, the pick and roll, they will kill Cleveland on the pick and roll. All the switching that Houston's been doing, and they, if they can hit the three, how can Cleveland keep up with that offensively? Now, I think defensively, they can. I think Tristan Thompson is starting to come back to form a little bit. I think you know he does a good job when they do the switch when it comes to the to the pick and roll, but. Again, I just don't trust Houston defensively against against this against the Cavs, in, in my sure. opinion. And keep okay. in mind, Chris Paul, Chris Paul's battling injuries too. So this would be a game for a point guard like George Hill to really, mm. you know, to push it. You know, let's 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 test it. Let's see how far we can push Chris Paul before he breaks. Because again, Chris mm. Paul ain't no spring chicken. Chris Paul's thirty what thirty three years old, thirty two, thirty three years old. Yeah, but and then so therefore. I, if I take, if they take him out the game now, you just got James Harden. And if I frustrate him, I pretty I pretty I pretty much uh I pretty much shut down your offense. Hmm. Okay. Okay. I just like so I, just you got, the you know, favor, I just think the match real quick. I just think the fa- the matchup will favor Cleveland more if they were to go up against Houston. But again, if they play against Golden State, man, they're only getting one, they'll be lucky to get one game. And that'll probably be a game with Draymond. Yeah. Get suspended for some doing something stupid like <laughs> stupid. Yeah, I just man, yeah, I see. Man, I, I just I, I hear you, man. I, I do. I, I would have to really, I would have to be really in tune to that series. I would be interested to see that happen. I, I maybe push them to six. You think it'll be over in six or seven? Hypothetically, um, ooh, I think it'd be. I think it, I think it'll be pushed to seven. Oh, seven game series against the mighty Houston Rockets. Well, let's look. mighty. I don't want to use that word just yet, but yeah. Okay, fair, 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 fair enough. Fair enough. Grip, real fast, man. The Houston mm-hmm. Rockets. If the narrative is we built this team to beat the Golden State Warriors in Game Four, defensively they did just that. Not going to assume you watched the game. I'm not going to go there, but I'm just going to ask you a simple question. <laughs> I'm always gonna take the uh-huh. I'm gonna take the safe route. I'm gonna take the safe route. It's two two, Golden State right now. They're 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 uh, they're winning by two yes, against they, Houston they, they, right they're now. Winning by two points. The score is forty nine to forty seven. Keep going. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Got the TV on. Appreciate it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if 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 Houston wins this game, can they win the series? Will they win the series? Will they win the series? They are doing a lot better than I thought they were going to do. Um, I definitely didn't see them the series being tied right now. Um, if they win tonight, I think they definitely have a shot at winning the series. Okay. AP, what do you think? Yeah, well, I, Chris, I'm going to be honest with you. I know as much about the current NBA as you do hockey. So, like, <laughs> like I, 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 I really, like, I don't. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I couldn't give you an opinion on it either way. That's fair. That's fair. All right, TV, uh, it's up to you then, man. Uh, can Houston, can if, if Houston wins tonight, do they win the series? I say no. What say you? He said, if you, mm, so what they say, winner of game, the team that wins game five, uh, what's the percentage? 83% of the time, they end up winning the series. So I'm going to go with the percentages. So if Houston wins, I think they win the series. Mm. 
Golden State has been on the side of um, history one time, and it didn't favor them. I think if they if they lose tonight, I think they can get this to seven. I, and I I I like Golden State's chances if they have Iguodala on the field, on the field, the court. If they have Iguodala defensively, I think they could beat them. I think they could beat them. I'm I'm a single Golden State man. I, I don't believe in Houston. I don't. I don't think that the biggest game of their season was. Last night, I don't believe that at all because even if they were at 3-1 and they were playing tonight, I believe that game five was the biggest game because, again, game five could be a swing game. Even if you're down by, you know, two games, you can easily get back in the series if you can just win one game, one game at a time. And James Harden showed us something in game four. If they lose this game, it's over in six. It's not coming back to Houston. If Golden State wins tonight, it's not coming back to Houston. Do you agree with that, TV? Say that one more time. I couldn't hear you, sir. If Golden State wins tonight, it is not coming back to Houston. They win in six. They're beating them in game six. Uh, it's not coming back. Man, they're not, if Golden State pulls it out, no, they're not coming back, man. They're not coming they're back. And no, what do you think? Of, you said Boston, they lose in seven still. You still got the Cavs in seven. Yeah, I early, was it like, well, not last week, but. Week before, I think I picked uh, Cleveland in uh, five, so I, I think Cleveland's going to get it down to seven. Well, they had to get it down to seven. Gotcha. Okay. All right, man. Good, good sports I, topics that I felt. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm just curious. Um, what do you, if if the Celtics get to the finals? Like, do, do any of you guys think that they have any shot against who, whoever comes out of the West? Honestly, I do. Okay, I do. I do. I do. Um, I wish Ellis was here because he was so Dwayne Casey's, uh, you know, this coach and Brad Stevens is blah, 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 the same. No, he's not. Um, Fellas, I'm going to say it, man. If Boston makes the finals and they go against Houston, the way that they played Houston in both of those games, that's a series that will go to seven. And I think Boston can pull that off. I think Boston has a better chance of winning than Cleveland does. I really do. It's my opinion. TV, what you think about that? Um, I think if Boston and Golden State were to play in the finals, I think it would be a competitive one. But because of the best they have, you know, you know, with Clay, Steph, Draymond, Iggy, I think Golden State will win. Now, if they, if it was if this if you end up having the finals with Boston. Oh man, I I think that won't be a close one too. But I can probably see, honestly, I can probably see Boston kind of squeaking the win out for the chip. And it's just the way that they, Houston, yeah, it's just something about Houston defense. I'm not really, I'm not sold on their on their defense. I agree with that. I agree with that. And the way that they played in the regular season. If you go back, I think Houston may have won both series, uh, both games, but it's how Boston played them. It, I think Boston played them probably the tightest out of the Eastern Conference teams. I really I like Boston's chances against Houston than I do Golden State. I, I do. But to, to, the, to your question, if Boston plays Houston, to, in my opinion, they beat them. They play Golden State, Golden State will get pushed, but they'll win. Cleveland gets there, I just think they get swept. I, I, I think they get swept. I do. No faith. Interesting. Interesting. That's what we say. 
AP, it was a pleasure, sir. Thank you for coming on tonight. Anytime, you're yeah, welcome. Yes, thanks for having me on. Yeah, man, you educated. Hey, uh, yeah, man, yeah, awesome. That that NHL yeah, was, talk was. Real. It was great talking to you guys. So let's get this hey, prediction. Let's get this prediction real fast. TV, Golden Knights, Caps. I say two underdogs are going at it in a lightweight fight because <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> um, but no. Prediction, Gold Knights or the Caps? I think you said six. Did you say six? Caps and six? Nah, nah, man. Uh, okay. Cool. Uh, I'm going with the Golden Knights, and I said a sweep. Ooh, four games, and that's it. Alex Ovechkin's strength in the moment. Good. AP, what do you think? I'm going to say the Golden Knights win in seven. Okay. 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 I'm going to say okay. – uh, I don't care. <laughs> Griff, what do you say, man? Come on. Give a prediction. Uh-oh. What you doing for, uh, uh, for, uh, what? Uh, for, uh, uh tennis? What? tennis? Soccer? Soccer? Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I saved a bunch of money in my car insurance by switching that guy, though. There you go. Maybe there you go. AP, thanks for coming on tonight, man. We really appreciate it. All right, thank you. And if you guys like what you heard tonight and any other night, join us every Thursday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time here on Blog Talk Radio. For C. Davis TV, A.A. Ron, our guest, Mike Appel, and um, the long-lost one who's in California, B. Ellis. We will see you guys next week. FT Sports Podcast. Have a good night. Peace.